Well, we're back. Yes, we're here. Live. Uh, no, not live. We're not live anywhere. That's a dumb thing to say, but we're recording. Um, hello, friends. Welcome to Desert Island Games. Yes, who ever thought that I would actually resurrect this one? There's a good reason for it. Uh, because, you know, I... A donut? A dummy? I don't know. Whatever you want to call. Um, to kind of want to explain everything that's kind of going on. Why I've decided to come back to this show. And why, you know, TNG isn't really going to happen. So, you know, um, let's let's get on. Let's just get on with it. So I'm sorry if the intro seems a bit vague and a bit all over the place. It's because, well, essentially, that's kind of representative of me uh, just of late. We've been really genuinely busy. Uh, so busy that it's been very difficult for me just to sit down and record anything uh, for anybody. Um, which is fine. It's all good. But I've also done a bit of reflecting and I know I've said this quite a few times and I've gone over this kind of thing numerous occasions but I really wanted to actually sit down and piece together what was important about my content and so on. So yeah we're going to kind of do a bit of self-reflection if you like. So first of all TNG and I realise I say so too much and I'll try and cut it out but anyway TNG was an idea. I'm all for trying something new. I mean hell I even tell my kids that they should always try and do something but I've chopped and changed my podcasts left right and center more times than I can count and it's really distracting and really confusing for anybody who follows me or you know listens to my content I changed it because I didn't think this show could do what I wanted to do and uh, it's silly it really is this show can cover everything I want to do news reviews first place and even what I started on TNG, which is what I really enjoyed or what I started to really come to sort of enjoyment, was playing games and talk about my experience as I'm playing it, you know. That first episode of Fire Emblem, I had a lot of fun recording that and putting it out. And I'll put it on Desert Island Games and I'll make it a thing for here. But this show does everything and more. Not only that, this show is tied to some of my favourite interviews I've ever done in the past. And I really think, quite frankly, it's the perfect way to go you know talk about news reviews do first impressions all that kind of stuff but i can also keep those interviews in one place if i'm honest some of those interviews have been some of my favorite kind of podcasts and times to speak to people I'm not saying they're going to be coming back in like full flurry but they'll be coming back simple as that um i've said it before and i'll say it again it is very difficult to organize interviews in the sense of speaking to someone, uh, getting it all organized and and getting out there. And what I want to do is I really want to really make that a thing, make this show mine, uh, because Desert Island Games incumbents everything, incumbents, it just puts everything that I want to do in a nutshell. So let's talk about a strict, stringent schedule. November, personally, is manic. Um, for those who don't know, I'm a martial art instructor. I have a school. We have a competition coming up uh, next week, and I'm constant. I'm at the minute teaching children and adults ready for competition. So, and I have to compete myself. So, yes, the plan is to get out a show weekly, of course, and I want to get two a week. The plan is to get two a week. One news show, which we're going to be doing today, um, of general gaming news, not just specific to Nintendo, but I want to do the Steam Deck. I want to do uh, cloud gaming. I want to do everything and more that there is in gaming and encompass it all and talk about gaming overall. So that's what we're going to do with that. 
that's going to be weekly whether that be half an hour 45 minutes don't know i can really rabbit on if i need to um so that'll be weekend stuff and then midweek i'm looking at probably a wednesday or a thursday release um will be my sit down and play so the idea you know imagine being on an island cozy campfire and you're playing a game and I'm going to play that from start to finish. And whether we continue the Fire Emblem stuff is a, is another thing. I haven't quite decided. I'm not struggling with Fire Emblem. I've uh, I've struggled playing a game since completing Metroid Dread. It's really weird. Um, I'm just in that really weird space, I think, for, for games. And I'll get onto a little bit more because I've managed to get hold of a VR headset. So things game-wise are a bit of a different experience. And I want to put out some content for YouTube. So... The plan is to do two podcasts a week, so a news and a let's play or a sit down and play. And the other one is I want to do a couple of videos a week. Um, that will probably kick off in December when things do calm themselves down. Now, there'll be a let's play, there'll be impressions. I want to learn about video creation. That's what I want to learn. I have a Mac 1, Mac 1, I have an M1 Mac Mini here which is more than powerful and really good for video creation. And I want to learn about it. But not only that is I have a, I have a decent rig to play and stream content. I want to record cloud gaming. I want to record Let's Plays I'm playing. I've recently just picked up Football Manager 2022. And I absolutely love the fact that A, I've never played a Football Manager game. B, I do enjoy football. But we're going to do a rags to riches sort of video series because I feel like doing it nuzlocks all that kind of stuff that i've wanted to sit down and record and either i haven't been bothered or secondly you get into this really weird rut as a content creator that what am i put what if i'm putting out people don't like and i've kind of come over this thing before and quite frankly as long as i'm enjoying it and you know and it slowly builds and people that enjoy my content enjoy it for what i'm putting out then fine i'm not going to just change my content because or change who I am to change my content, I think is the, I don't really know. I always get a little bit anxious about uploading something to the internet and that's on me. That's me. That's down for me to change and work on and all that kind of good stuff. I think if I can get past those things, then, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're singing, we're singing. Sorry, I'm kind of rabbiting on here. It is that, um, you know, people really do, they they will hammer uh you know into you if they think your content is weak and so on and it's quite off-putting sometimes um so but i want to improve i want to get better so we'll do it all under the one umbrella yes we still have the twitch channel which is at uh, chat zap which is fine but the podcast and just in general the the youtube stuff will go all under desert island games it's a brand if you want to call it a brand it's a brand that i've had for absolutely ages um and we'll keep it like that so there you go it's as i've said going back to my first point about tng and different podcasts and this that and the other we've all we all i'm all for trying different things and i'm actually the first person i do this at work or anywhere i'll hold my hands up if it doesn't work tng didn't work it wasn't what i want it to be but also it's very difficult when you're associated with a with with a thing for people just to jump differently i changed tng from something that it was pretty good to something it didn't need to be and i didn't need to do that because i have a show here 
which has now been dormant for the last uh, four months, I think it is, three months. And that's my own fault. So for that, yeah, I'm sorry, and I won't do that. I'll continue to pump out content under the dig banner. And I'll just be better. And that's all I can do, is I can, A, accept responsibility, B, be accountable for my actions, but also C, see the mistakes that I've made and do something to change them. And this is the the change, realizing that actually, do you know what? I don't need a different show. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't need this. I can do all this under one umbrella. And that's a good thing. So there you go. That's kind of where I've been. So apart from that, you know, we're going to do two a week, some YouTube videos, uh, maybe less streaming so I can concentrate on videos a bit more. Maybe the way to go it's very difficult for me to kind of step away from the streaming thing because streaming is is nice and easy just turn the game on and away you go i say nice and easy you need to also entertain and all that kind of stuff but you get what i mean so there you go again so take a shot every time i say so 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 should we talk about some news let's move on and talk about some gaming news (laughs) well nine minutes of me just rabbiting on about stuff but i wanted to talk about uh the steam deck uh the verge have got a write-up from a recent uh valve's de- developer summit and for those who didn't know i got a very sad email the other day um for those who pre-ordered it you will know this um the sad email was about the steam deck uh so i'm going to read the email uh as verbatim i do check the steam store page i'm going to check it now as we're recording talk you through it click on steam deck and scroll down, and it still says quarter two, 2022. Um, but I fear that's going to be a little bit later. Uh, this is the email that I got, like many Steam Deck uh, backers, pre-orders, that kind of stuff. Um, I ordered the middle one, which is about £469. I dropped my OLED switch. I probably now could have probably got both if I'd known this was going to happen. But anyway, hello, uh, KS, uh, KSN Richard. Uh, the launch of the Steam Deck will be delayed by two months. Yep, delayed. We're sorry about this. Uh, we did our best to work around the global supply chain issues, but due to the material shortage, components aren't reaching our manufacturing facilities in time for us to meet our initial launch dates. Based upon the updated build estimates, Steam Deck will start shipping February 2022. This will be the new start date for the reservation queue. You will keep your place in line, but dates will shift back accordingly. Reservation dates estimate to be updated shortly after the announcement. Again, we're sorry, we won't be able to make our original ship date. We'll continue to improve the uh, reservation dates based on the new timeline. We'll keep you updated as we go. It's not like, for me, that's that's a bummer. Uh, So everyone, two months delay on Steam Decks. It's it's a thing, unfortunately. There is the global supply issue with chip shortages and everything else. Um, It is what it is. Uh, There is no way around it. We saw it at the start of the pandemic, and people don't think it's going to get better till 2023. Uh, for those who don't know, my very loose known knowledge of it is when the world shut down in 2020, um, companies stopped developing or you know producing things. So your companies that made chips and silicon, or you know the silicon usage, apparently wasn't needed. But what they didn't realize actually was people had spare time, people had time on their hands, and what they were going to do was crack on and play games and those kind of things. So everything from, you know, computerized fridge freezers to cars to gaming consoles to graphics cards and so on have been hit with, you know, the 
the shortage, these supply chain issues, and what you've then seen is a knock-on of scalpers and and as such. And it's a real shame that we're sitting here at you know 2021 coming to the end and next month should have seen the first batches roll around i think i was quarter one 2022 originally i'm now quarter two 2022 which i never know what um um quarter two is so let's have a look at calendar quarter two i'm looking at um quarter two 2022 anything from april till june is when my steam deck is due to be released uh, so the second quarter of 2022, so April 1st to June 30th is what we're looking at. For me, I, I'm i going to hazard a guess that mine's probably going to arrive around July. So, you know, it's not too much of an issue. <laughs> but as I said, I, uh, I decided to dump my OLED switch um, upgrade in favor of the Steam Deck. I was like, oh, I really, you know, my which is fine, we sort of, this, the OLED switch got released, and I was a bit like, or got pre-ordered, and I was a bit like, oh, I quite fancy that, and they were like, um, no, oh, sorry, not they, me and my wife, we sat down, and we were like, you know, is this going to be, you know, suitable, you know, all that kind of stuff, and I kind of had made a decision between, you know, both, and that's, which is fine, absolutely fine no problem with that but now with this delay i probably could have grabbed both but anyway the steam deck uh five big things we learned from valve's de developer summit i missed this that's why i'm reading from a uh, article from the verge so thanks to sean hollister for uh producing the article i'm gonna read this verbatim as i said i missed it i was martial arts training on the friday when this was going out so what does it say on friday pc and gaming giant giant I'm a giant, no, giant, Valve invited the developer community to learn more about its Steam Deck, the $400 handheld gaming PC with compar comparatively powerful AMD chip. It's akin to akin to the Nintendo Switch of gaming PCs. And there's a lot we already know about the delayed handheld uh, from its announcement. Our trip to Valve's headquarters and the official teardown, but today we've learned even more. Oh, excitings. Here are the highlights, unless of course you want to watch the entire live stream or the breakout sessions for yourself. So, Erifa lives. The AMD chip inside the Steam Deck has a name. It's called Erifa SOC. I think that's how you pronounce it. Erif? Erif SOC. Sounds like the Final Fantasy character. Um, a clear reference to the famous... There you go. It's literally in the next uh, uh, piece. Clear reference to, uh, to the famous Erif from Final Fantasy VII. It's an APU with a powerful envelope of between uh, 4 to and 15 watts. And it contains both a 4-core, 8-thread AMD Zen 2 CPU. That, run run that runs between 2.4 to 3.5 gigs and 8 AMD RDNA to compute units worth of graphics clocked between 1 and 1.6 gigahertz for a total of 1.6 teraflops of raw graphical compute. I never understand the, the the term teraflops. I've been in I've been in and around gaming for for years and never understood the term teraflops. Such a weird like a, it's such a strange term. Um, anyway, here's the Steam Deck's entire block diagram, so you can see how the whole system comes together around that chip. So yeah, there's a there's a big old um, sort of diagram of where the regulators probably were positioned on the board. Um, kind of tells you what controls what. It's pretty good. 
um, and what goes into what. So that's always good. Um, the interfaces with 16 gigs of uh, unified LPDDR5 memory with a total of eight, 88 gigs of bandwidth. While there's only one gig of dedicated video memory, Valve says the GPU can access up to eight gig of the shared memory as needed. So what I was saying is there's one gig um, on the uh, SOC as dedicated video memory. It's quite an interesting thing that. So you'll see that in like um, onboard graphics uh, chips. So you'll have your APUs, which will be that, that mixture. So you have your CPUs, um, which is your compute units, or your compute cores uh, where they don't have any onboard graphics, but then you'll have an APU, which is your CPU and onboard graphics. And they'll have an X amount of dedicated uh, graphics. But what they're saying here is there's one gig of dedicated video memory. I apologize for any tech you know, nerds that listen to this and I've got that wrong, but I don't think I have. But then it can there's, um, there's 16 gig of RAM which the GPU can access 8 gig of the shared memory as needed. So well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I understand that, you know, Valve said that all of your games will run from, you know, start to finish on the Steam Deck. And interestingly, uh, we now got, um, I spoke about on TNG, which is um, something I'm going to have to sort out at some point, the verified stuff, um, where essentially you'll go onto the, the Steam store um, on your Steam Deck and it will basically bring up a game that has been verified to work on the, the Steam Deck in a certain capacity. So that's always good to, to see. Um, and I think they're going to bring it to the normal Steam store as well. So in your lists of games, if I pick Path of Exile, for example, uh, down the list, if I go to a store page, down the list, you'll say single player, MMO, online PvP, yada, yada, yada. And probably um, good for Steam Deck or whatever. However, you know, Steam Steam Deck verified. So the article goes on to say, Valve says the chip's designed to run conditionally and, cost and consistently at its quoted clock speed. The performance your game gets in the first 10 seconds is likely to be the same performance you get for two hours. From now and even indefinitely, if you're plugged into the wall, says Valve's Yazan Aldehat, adding that the system is designed to perform the same docked and undocked uh, charging or not, even while downloading games or at an elevated temperature. If you're in Florida in July, you may run um, out of thermal headroom, he says, but even Valve says oh, it'll try to throttle it down downloads and transfer speeds before it throttles your game performance. So basically, what we're looking at there is how good is it going to run hot? Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it does run when when gaming. It's interesting to see that it, they, they're, gonna, they're targeting that it's going to be the same clock speeds from start to finish, whether you're playing for 10 minutes or playing for two hours. Um, they're going to try and keep the cooling good enough so it doesn't throttle it after two hours if it's a really intensive game. I expect there'll be people out there that will test the hell out of this CPU and or, sorry, APU to see... Um, what they can really do and how much they can push this thing before it either shuts down or you know throttles the game performance to bring the cooling down um be interesting to see uh how well it runs when downloading games in the background um yeah so it's nice to know that you can do those kind of things if you want to valve does warn that developers may need to avoid pushing the gpu too hard if they want long uh longer battery life we didn't want to place any artificial limits on how much power the apu can consume as one specific tact valve suggesting that games cap their frame rate to save battery. 
this could make a big difference. You can play Portal 2 for hours on this thing if you limit it to 30 FPS. Um, you're going to be playing uh, for five to six hours, Valve told, um, sorry, a Valve told ING in August. Um, so basically, again, yeah, it's it's simple. The, if you're limiting the frame rate, the games that are being brought over to Valve, Valve to Steam Deck, they're going to to run better, you know, or they're going to make the battery life longer. You often see it with um, a lot of Nintendo Switch games that certain games will run for a certain amount of time on the battery. Uh, they'll be, you know, in handheld mode, they'll be capped with a different resolution, different frame rate, if you like, to help the battery's performance and, you know, not to, uh, to throttle that Tegra 1 chip, which is now about 60,000 uh, years old. Another optimization Valve's revealed today that developers can upload versions of their games with lower fidelity, no, uh, fidelity, lower texture packages to Steam's depot to improve performance. Wow, can't say the word. And reduce the amount of storage at the time it takes a user to download a game. It's similar to Microsoft's smart delivery system on the Xbox One, Xbox One S, uh, X, and the Series X and S's, which routes a, the proper version of the game to each console, but yeah, the Xbox developers are likely targeting 1080, 1440p, or nor, near 4K, respectively. The Steam Deck runs at 720p and 800p resolution. So yeah, you know, it's pointless downloading uh, a game then downloading its extra 4K uh, texture packs because it's not going to run at 4K on, on the handheld. It's just going to kill your battery and take up your storage. So with the new 50, uh, with a 50, uh, four, 45 watt power supply, Valve says the Steam Deck can charge and play at the same time um, a power um, and power a 7.5 watt worth of external peripherals. USB-C port also offers external display port up to two monitors, which are 40K at 60 FPS. That's pretty good using the dual uh, using display st uh, stream compression. And Valve says it, it, it'll offer USB Gen 3 too if you opt um, for the half of the display bandwidth. The optional dock, uh, which is yet to be pictured, uh, or go on pre-order also offers gigabit gigabit Ethernet. And if you do, if you opt to play um, on a TV or a monitor, you'll probably be happy to hear that the first full confirmation of Valve supporting AMD's um, FX Super Resolution, the FSR, upscaling with the Steam Deck. In fact, AMD's representatives on the stream confirm not only does the Steam Deck work with FSR, the game it, the games that support it potentially make them look bit better on the big screen but the steam deck will natively support fsr at an uh, an operating system level with a future update amd says it's working on drivers that enable the recently now vulcan dynamic rendering too it's really good to see amd jump on board here i know they're using an amd chip and i'm not this is not me throwing shade at intel or anything like that but it's really good to see AMD going all Hulk to help them, you know, get a handheld console that's going to hopefully do uh, some of these games proud. I'm expecting games like, I don't know, uh, GTA 5 um, is probably the one I can think of in my head, running absolutely fine. I can't see it being a problem. Um, something like God of War may push this thing to its its limits if it's been verified for um, for the Steam Deck. I know there's been a tweet out there that shows it's been played on there. So Horizon Zero Dawn. But I also suspect things to, to just work because I have I, I really trust this this system to to do it. 
So, you know, I'm hoping it is. There is no USB 4 or Intel priority Thunderbolt here. Obviously, they're only getting... Oh, sorry, uh, here, obviously, and you're only getting AO2.11AC or Wi-Fi 5 instead of Wi-Fi 6. But Valve says the deck is optimized for reliability and robustness even in congested environments. That way, Valve can offer a first-class remote play experience to beam games from their desktop PC to the deck inside their own home while using less battery than the games natively running on deck's hardware itself. Valve did a great job with the Wi-Fi engineering when he built the Steam De uh, Link HDMI puck, so we're excited to test that. The entry-level $400 Steam Deck comes only with 64 gigs of comparatively slow eMMC storage and a microSD slot for expansion. You'll have to pay notably more for the faster models with the NVMe SSDs, and even then, they'll be fairly easy to fill. With a decent-sized Steam library of games, so, uh, so SD cards may come into play here, but today Valve assured developers that eMMC and SD aren't much slower, roughly 12-18% to 18 uh, slower respectively, when it comes to loading games. Yes, the Y-axis are either mislabeled and don't line up with the bar graphs. I mean, yeah, we've got classic, so there's a, so at Starfire2258, one of the, the Valve developers here, uh, has tweeted, so verbatim, Valve says games 64 gig eMMC. Steam Deck might be 12% slower at loading games um, and 25% slower booting compared to the NVMe model. 18% slower than uh, loading a game from the SD cards. Let me just check that is. Sorry, Sean Hollister is the tech reporter for the, uh, for the Verge, not a developer. My mistake. Anyway, so I spoke about earlier. Um, and they've got classic Apple uh, graphs. That's what I just wanted to get to, was the graphs that on this tweet are hilarious. Because um, they're, the, they're, <laughs> they're not labelled. Uh, or <laughs> it's just... Anyway, I love I love how um, you do get these kind of graphs. But my takeaway is, you are probably going to notice that. It'll probably be fine once it's booted up and the game's booted up. Uh, it'll be no, it's gonna be no different to when SD card or sorry SSDs came in over uh, mechanical hard mechanical hard drives. You notice the boot up from cold to Windows against the two, but once it's running, there's not really any much difference unless you're transferring data between those hard drives. Um, I have a Gen Four SSD NVMe SSD, a Samsung 980 Pro. And I don't think I really see much of a difference over my son's uh, PC. He's got a Samsung 970 Pro. I mean, it's not a Pro, it's an Evo, I think. Anyway, I've got a Gen 4 SSD and my son's got a Gen 3. And I don't really see much of a boot time difference, if I'm honest. But then I'm not transferring high speed, you know, a lot of, you know, big files and all that kind of stuff. I'd probably see the difference there. But... I think this is the case with the Steam Deck. The eMMC Steam Deck or the 64 gig one would probably be fine and it would probably do the job just just fine. But and you are I think you are going to notice that 12 to 18% um loading games that's quite a big a big jump and 25% slower when booting. I th I think that's big. But once it's booted, I don't think you'll notice a difference at all. I'd be interested to see a side-by-side -side comparison. So Valve's changing how cloud saves work so you can pick up and play. But Valve, So Valve is also thinking of Steam Deck uh, as an always-on device, one where you won't always need to boot from uh, and launch games from scratch. Uh, there's a suspend feature, 
uh, built into the Steam Deck and should let you quickly pause games like you do on the Nintendo Switch. This is cool. Uh, one of the greatest features of the Nintendo Switch um, is that kind of pause feature. I do it all the time. So if I'm playing a game, I don't know what I've got currently loaded. I think I'm sorting out games so I could download something for uh, next week's Desert Island games. So if I'm playing Dragon Quest 11s and I want to go and play or I just want to put it down for an hour, the, uh, the Switch ability... <laughs> no pun intended, between the games is incredible. You know, I can press the home button and I'm, I'm at the menu and I can quickly load another game. The The flexibility with games on the Switch is incredible. It's one of the things that I'm really excited for on the Steam Deck. And I'm glad to see. I would have been surprised if this wasn't a feature um, because it is almost like, like Valve looked at the, the Switch and went, you know, that th as I said before, the Thanos um, scene at the end of Age of Ultron 2 where he puts his hand in the glove, he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And this is Valve basically going, look, if you're not going to make a 4K Pro Switch, we're going to do this instead. I think this would have come out anyway if there was a 4K Switch, but anyway, you know, the uh, the but the, that quickly pause feature is one of my favorite features on the Nintendo Switch. You know, it changed games like Demon's Souls and, <laughs> and it adds like a, a whole new layer of uh, accessibility to those sort of games. Valve's changing uh, how Steam Cloud uh, save system will work. Result as a result, where today's Steam uh, where today's Steam generally syncs your cloud saves after you quit the out of the game, and coming off a newer cloud API, so developers can get their games syncing in the background at the time you suspend the title. Theoretically, that could also mean you could pause a game when uh, you're playing on Steam on the Steam Deck and quickly pick it up on the PC or vice versa. That's pretty cool. So basically you know that's the idea and it must be something they can do uh because there's two games already on the switch that has this ability so the first one is divinity original sin 2 you can save it or automatically upload it to the cloud jump onto your pc and play that via steam and that feature is one of my favorite features it re like it reinvigorated games like um divinity original sin 2 and the witcher the witcher 3 is a similar thing you save it a little bit more uh, button pressing with The Witcher 3. You have to upload it yourself, um, but it's a feature that's there. And then you you close the game out. I know what they're talking about is, um, you know, you quit the game out and you can pick it up. And it, and it is it is a great feature that those two games have, allowing you that nice cross-play um, on. So it almost gives you that kind of first look at what the Steam Deck will be like. Uh, there's a white Steam Deck. It's not for sale, and it's uh, right out of portal. It looks absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I prefer the, the the black one, but there you go. During the entire Steam Deck presentation, the backgrounds were filled with intriguing hints at Valve's prototyping process. Uh, many onlookers noticed the white Steam Deck among among them. One straight out of Valve's hit game portal, right down to the Aperture logo on the back. Unfortunately, it's not for sale. This is only a prototype. We love it too, but they're not able to be bring to market. At the same time, we're shipping the Steam Deck said uh, Valve's Greg, Greg Kuma, adding that the company intends to look after the, look at other color options in the future, but that's really down the road. Got some other tidbits as well. So it's not made for VR. I'm not going to go into like the details. It says it's not made for VR. I'll bet someone will make, make VR work. There's still no plans for 5G or LTE configurations, which I think is good. Um, and you can tether a phone for internet access, but I think it should just stay... You know, it shouldn't have like that mixed identity. And I think that's one of the things that the Vita suffered with. 
I've said before the Vita was ahead of its time, but it, it suffered with a, a you know it was like a bit confused with what it needed to be and what it was trying to achieve. Keep 5G and LTE out of it. You know, if we want to play online, you know, and you've got a decent internet connection, use your phone and so on. Valve is working with Steam Deck, uh, bring the Steam Deck to Japan, Australia uh, in particular, as other territories. Sorry, as well as other territories. Steam Deck has a factory uh, collaborated audio. Every single Steam Deck has been calibrated at factory for the best performance. It includes a dedicated amp and a DSP for stereo speakers. It supports multi-channel audio over HDMI via USB-C. Once big picture mode on desktop Steam gets replaced by Deck UI, it'll uh, get more updated more often. So they're going to switch over Steam Deck, uh, a sort of big picture mode. That's kind of cool. Valve will share keyboard API with multiple IMEs, multiple languages and emojis. We got our first look, I think, at Steam Deck's notification center and the new controller configuration to map your Steam uh, Deck controls. So, and there's some few pictures of the controls and notification center. The notification center looks really nice. You know, everything looks like it's coming on nicely and I'm not too fussed about a delay. It gives me a little bit more time to make sure the money's there. Um, just in general, I think um, this is turning out to be a really nice prospect from Valve. And I think... We just need to keep our fingers crossed and, and everything nice and tight and just wait. As simple as that. I'm still excited for the Steam Deck. I genuinely am. Um, I'm going to do a roundup in a, in, a, in a month or so of everything that we know and we are excited for about the Steam Deck. And I'll ask a few people what they're excited for. But ultimately, you know, it's just shaping up to be what would be considered a really nice system. The videos and the previews that I've seen all point to good things. So I am excited for the, the Steam Deck and I don't mind waiting an extra couple of months anyway. Up next, I want to talk about GTA and the funky remaster that we had from Rockstar. You may know or have heard of the controversy that it's starting to spew but it gets better and better. For those who don't know, back in 2002, Rockstar changed the face of the open world genre by creating GTA 3, which landed to be an absolute masterclass in open world gaming and something completely different for us people on the PS2. It was an absolute significant game changer. A year later, we got Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which again, just upped the ante of open world gaming and was the pinnacle of that genre that year two years later on the bench was san andreas the biggest game to even set foot in the ps2 it's been released on different consoles and re-released on pc and everything uh going forwards and then earlier this year i think we were about a couple of months ago maybe three months ago we got to see grand theft auto remastered or grand theft auto trilogy definitive edition remaster it's a name that rolls right off your tongue and that you can't wait to say every single time. Well, let's say the release has been less than favorable to Rockstar. It's a real shame because these games um, I grew up with. I grew up with these games. I apologize for the noise in the background. You can hear my wife. She's in the kitchen. She's doing stuff ready for dinner. So you're going to have to deal with it. I can't bother to change that. Get over it. Um, so I grew up with these games. I... Like many who are now 30 plus, I grew up and played these games as youngsters. I remember getting Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I played all, all of them. Vice City um, 3 was great. Vice City was incredible. And San Andreas blew my mind. Um, it really did. Unfortunately, 
the uh, <laughs> the trilogy that they've re-released hasn't blown my mind in the sense that I was going to grab these on the Switch. The reason being is I couldn't wait to play these on the move. You're talking three of the greatest open world games ever to grace the land on the move, and it's brilliant. But no. So we're going to start with the first article. All these three articles come from PC Gamer. They've got these in. I've got hiccups now. A nice highlight. GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition is a mess. Not so definitive for the moment. The Grand Theft Auto Trilogy is rife with enough bugs and glitches to make Cyberpunk 2077 flinch. The game, which just released this week and is currently unavailable to purchase on the rocks or after Rockstar removed the purchase links from its website, is filled with graphical glitches. Players are cataloging these issues and other unintentionally uh, in funny problems all over social media and sharing their disbelief, amusement and confusion. You have to remember these these came out came out in 2020 2002 2003 and 2005 okay we are talking ps2 genre games so um crisis runs on the switch the game that was designed to kill pcs runs on the switch doom runs on skyrim runs on the switch these games came out like 10 years before Skyrim, and they run like a bag of absolute trash. It didn't take long for people to start finding an assortment of issues with the high-definition remakes that Rockstar's three classic games. People are players are capturing footage and of blinding rain effects of visible bridges, spontaneous blood pools, ridiculous camera angles, questionable changes from the original version of the game, and much, much more. For the most part, these issues haven't been haven't prevented people from running it. But that's not a good sign this early into its release. Um, and there's lots of tweets. I'm not going to like read them. Uh, like seriously, they're some of the tweets that show. Uh, honestly, it's really weird what's going on. Uh, this one here, you've got a transparent bridge over Wheatstone. You've got a really weird uh, like facial change to one of the characters. And yeah. It's broken textures. Uh, everything. The one odd thing players are reporting is frequent misspelling of city signs and other posters that have some uh, that some have suggested looked like the game's upscaling was done by an automated program instead of human. A Mexican restaurant in GTA San Andreas now sells enchiladas. Wow, instead of enchiladas, for example. So it's upscaled and en, uh, changed enchiladas to E N C H I L A O A S. Okay. Similarly, a sim similarly, a car repair shop re uh, repair uh, offers repairs for beer boxes instead of gearboxes. Excellent. In contrast to those who conf uh, confusion changes, Rockstar's decided to leave GTA San Andreas mission, where the characters ask you to hunt down an apparent gay man to hide a prior relationship with him, uh, completely intact. It's not good for the remastered game in 2021. I um so. That's an interesting thing. These games, and I'm not defending the mission before anybody thinks I am. These games came out in a different era, if that makes sense. 20 years ago, that, I mean, Rockstar were known for getting into hot water over stuff. And I, don't, I can't never remember the controversy if there was anything around that mission. But, you know, I always find it a little bit strange when comments like that are made about games that were released or things or medium not just games but medium um were released 20 or so years ago 
Does it have any place in 2021? No, not really. But, you know, I, it's very difficult to sit here and discuss without, you know, I'm going to cause some problem down the line. But I think at the same time, are Rockstar right? They should have removed it. But is it a problem they didn't? Don't know. That's up for other people to make. Uh, all of this and uh, is present in a game that some can't even play at the moment. Rockstar took the uh, the uh, down its Rockstar Games launcher for several hours, forcing anyone who had previously logged in while online to play offline. The launcher is back up, but the games are unavailable for purchase or play. Rockstar said it removed the files unintentionally included in these versions before making them available again. Data miners have stumbled um, on curious developer comments on unlicensed songs in its code, which have prompted Rockstars to halt availability of games. This paragraph, paragraph, I just really emphasized my P there. Paragraph says a lot about this game. The fact is that if you bought it, you can't play it unless you're connected to the online server, which means this game has an always online, um, what's it, uh, requirement, which is terrible for a single player game. Uh, and the fact is that they've got unlicensed songs in its codes. So for those who don't know, GTA, uh, Vice City and San Andreas brought the whole idea of getting licensed music into the game, which would be a streamer's nightmare uh, in this day and age. But that's the idea. You know, you could also on like the PSP, Vice City Stories, I think even on um, the PS2, maybe you could actually have your own mp3s dumped into the game as well and played your own radio station you wouldn't have a person talking but you would have the ability to do it you can do it on the pc so yeah you can't actually now buy uh, currently i haven't got the rockstar launcher installed at the minute um if i install gta 5 it will be there i've got the original san andreas on my launcher because you got it if you installed the launcher and i've got it on my ipad it looks like they've taken the ability if you buy the original offline as well, which again, it should never be done. Should never turn away and take away. It's as bad as what Blizzard did with um, whatever it was, Warcraft 3. You know, they just removed the original Warcraft 3 so you, and just transferred everything over. I don't like single player games that are forced to be online all the time. No, don't do that. Remove that crap and it, you know, and so on carry on with this article gta's tri uh, trilogy transition from rockstar's priority uh, priority engine um to the unreal engine hasn't gone smoothly what's worse is that the developer removed the original version of the games from steam last month if you want to play these influential open world games you currently have to do so wadding through pools of bugs and other problems until a patch is released so i've got two other links which they kind of go into about the the data miners uh, finding unreleased so or unlicensed songs so rockstar have lost the license to use those songs um so they're got you know it's that's the reason it's been pulled is is mainly because of that rockstar are use so running in the hot water if you like and apparently the uh original hot coffee mod or the hot coffee coffee um angle is also in san andreas and for those who don't know this was um the ability to witness a sex scene in the game which was i think it got banned in australia and yeah it's in the original code it's still in there even though it was banned my overall thinking and feeling regarding this trilogy launch has been just not great as i said i was going to grab this on the switch 
And it's something I want. I did. I wanted to grab uh, on the Switch. I think Digital Foundry are doing a video about this game. Uh, whether whether it's out yet or not, I don't know. It's not. They're doing a like a <laughs> discussion on on it. It's a real shame that a game games that released and and set a genre on fire. They you know they're equivalent to like the Souls uh, games, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and all those games. They set a genre a genre open. And they open the floodgates to what is, you know, now you get your Far Cry, uh, open world, your Just Cause, your Saints Row, and all these games that came out after them set this absolute precedent for open world gaming. And it feels like, A, that Rockstar didn't give the developers enough time, they you know, or enough money, and they just announced it, and that was it. And they just went, went with it. And it's like, just really, really sad to see that we're in a position where three of the the best genre defi- genre defining games are in such a sorry state. Um, like I said, I still have the original on my iPad, so I can play it portably. Um, and um, I think the trilogy was also coming to mobile as well. So I, I don't know if they've removed the ability to buy the trilogy um, from the, you know the original trilogy from like iPads and stuff. I want it on my Switch. That's where I place most of my games. That is where I play most of my games. But I'm not buying it in this state. And not at its price. It's 50, it's 50 pounds. So it's the price of a full game. So, you know, I could choose between Diamond and Pearl that comes out next week. The remakes for those. Or an absolute broken ass GTA trilogy. Um, I'd love to know from you guys and girls if you are if you bought it. Um, love to know your thoughts on the mission that that should maybe should have been removed. There is an update here um, to the launcher. Just before I wrap this one up, is the Rockstar Games launcher GTA Online, Red Dead Redemption uh, Online are back up and running. However, the GTA trilogy is still unavailable. And here's the official rate statement from Rockstar. So, quote. Rockstar Games launcher is now online, but GTA Trilogy, the definitive edition, is unable to play or purchase as we remove files uh, unintentionally included in these versions. We're sorry for the disruption and hope to have uh, corrected ones up soon. It's the fact that it's always online. You know, remove that ability and people who have bought it. Admittedly, yeah, I get, I get it. You've got people who have bought a, you know, a version of the game that you know they shouldn't have. But just remove, remove the always online crap do we need it let's go over to the official tweet uh from november 13th so this was yesterday as i said and this has had uh 4k uh replies 1.8k retweets and five and a half just over five and a half k likes and some of the comments are tommy facetti original versus remastered currently playing and enjoying uh, original on steam there you go um and yeah there's a lot of comments about how people have just messed uh, how rockstar have messed this up really is i'm not going to go through all the comments because some of them will be you know wonderful to read uh, but we will keep you posted if anything else happens with that one and i think we'll wrap this one up there um as you've had a all sort of background noise as well uh why not it's always fun uh but there we go we're back here um there'll be a show out later this week uh, to what I'm playing. We're going to start a whole new brand, new Let's Play. I'm going to try and get some videos out very, very soon. As well, as I said, the videos may start sort of coming sort of closer to December, um, but you can get in touch with me over it. Um, you can look for the show on Twitter. You can look for the show on Instagram, even TikTok if that's your thing. Uh, you can find me and drop me a line at, at uh, dc at hotmail.com. 
Uh, you let me know what you think about today's um, news stories. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye for now.